You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. Welcome, everyone, to Soul Power to the People podcast. My name is Tess Fregera, Soul Powered Executive Coach. And the purpose of uh, this podcast, Soul Power to the People, is to create awareness and help people see the crimes against humanity, any and all crimes that limit human potential. So there's so much unnecessary suffering. Pain may be inevitable, but suffering definitely is optional. And so right now, if we look around, realities are deconstructing. It's really painful to watch and also amazing to see the human spirit rise up stronger than ever. More and more people are waking up, seeing the truth and realizing that we've been duped, that our happiness has been hijacked, our health has been hijacked. Our food, soil, our DNA, our social constructs, our biology, everything continues to be tampered with and poisoned. We are being bombarded with false narrative and misinformation of what health and happiness look like, that we need to buy certain products to be healthy, that we need to be famous, uh, that we need to have uh, many likes. <laughs> to be happy, uh, to vote for politicians, to or, or to buy into ideologies to have a chance at happiness. And so the same story over and over again, buy this and you will be happy, uh, buy this and you will be healthy. And today we are going to set the story straight. So the thing is, when do we finally actually see the lies and deception? How do we humans free ourselves from man-made and self-made prisons? Because it's an ending and mindless cycle. What if it's the other way around? What if our health and happiness is our birthright? Would we see as much suffering and sickness and poverty in this world? Right. So I'm honored and excited to have Paul Levitin with us today to discuss this. Paul is a behavior change specialist and a lifetime design coach. He's a writer, he's a coach, he's a podcaster and public speaker, and he helps millennials stagnant in their career and life quit quitting on themselves so that they can unlock unlimited self-confidence, passion, and have total life alignment. Welcome to Soul Power to the People podcast, Paul. How are you today? I'm doing amazing, Tess. Thank you so much for having me. And that was such a great intro and, and so so powerful and so true, everything that you just spoke about. This is, this is amazing. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So why did you agree to come on the show? Well, it's, you know, a lot of exactly what you, what you said when you, in the intro there, when you spoke about, you know, what, what are the crimes against humanity? That was a question that you, you had asked me before the show when we, when we were just talking and, you know, a lot of, there's so much negativity in the world, you know, there's, there's literal war crimes going on and, you know, there's, there's, you know, governments that are 
betraying us. And there's there's things that you can think about it in that way. But when I think what are the crimes against humanity, I think of us all being humans and the way that society has positioned us and really the last probably 30, 40 years, really in the, in the most recent generation or two, to uh-huh. think that there are things that, that, that like a good life and a happy life are out of reach for some people. You know, if, if you were born a few hundred years ago, you would wake up and farm your land and eat some berries and then, you know, play with your kids and then go to sleep and do it all over again. And we've complicated things so much and things are, we're so far removed from what really is a, a life, a good life that to me, it's, it's sad because again, I think that happiness is our birthright and and the one true thing that we can and really do all strive for, right? Every person that I've spoken to, I've been a coach for a long time and I, I work with people, I help people and I podcast and I speak and I do all these things. And when, you know, people have all these different goals, whether it's financial goals or relationship goals or health goals or fitness goals or whatever they're trying to do. But in reality, all of those goals are for the same reason. They want to be happy. Right? Why? I want more money. Why? Do you think money is going to bring you happiness? I want to have a six pack. Why? You think when you have a six pack, people are going to look at you a different way, and that'll make you happier. I want the I want the girl. I want the guy. I want the this. I wanted that. So, in reality, I'll, that's a lot of people with big goals saying that they're not happy. And I don't know what happens at the end of our lives. I don't know if there if there is an afterlife. If we if one religion is right, or if we are energy that goes back to the universe, or if we're reincarnated. I don't know. And since I don't know, what I do know is that we get this one life right now. We get this one chance, right? We get mm-hmm. this 60, 70, 80, 100 years on this planet. And if that's all that we get, to me, we should make the most of it. We should exactly. live it well. And I think that it's a travesty that so many people think that that is not available to them. They think, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's so cool for you, Paul. You're, you're a coach. And that's, you know, of course you can do that, but I live in the real world. I have a job. I have kids. I have this I have to worry about. Oh, well, that's so cool that you're, you know, that's nice for you to be able to have a healthy body. But I, you know, and it's just, it, there's a, such a disconnect between what people are doing and what is available to them. And that's kind of the big problem that I seek to solve with, with my coaching, with my podcast, with everything and, and what you're talking about as well here. So I just, you know, I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's so true because uh, at some point in my life, I was searching, searching, searching for happiness. Uh, I burned out. I had depression and I even prayed to God, you, you know, can, can you just take me now? Just take me back. <laughs> I don't belong here kind of conversation. And then, of course, my prayers went and answered. And I'm like, I made a decision one day. Fine. You're not going to take me back. I'm going to find my joy right now. Everything I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make it fun. I'm gonna make it enjoyable. It's I'm going to design my life the way that you know I feel it should be fully expressed and unafraid and all that. But what do you think happened in the last 30, 40 years? You said in the last 30, 40 years, um, do you have uh, some theory around that? Uh, yeah, how sure. we developed it, unhappiness? Yeah, I mean, it's technology, right? And it's it's society and the advancement of society. And I've had 30, 40 years, maybe now it's like 70, 80. So, I mean, it's the internet, it's smartphones, but even before that, it's the advent of the of the office building, right? Of, of mm. corporate offices. We, 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 again, go back before maybe World War II, 
you mm-hmm. you had a job. You were a blacksmith or a, a cobbler or a salesman. And, they, and like people did things and they moved around and they lived, they lived their life. Now, yes, it was a hard life for sure, but there were some there was some value to what you did, right? You, you might take pride in your, in your job, your, your vocation. Again, you, you raised a family life was, it's just simpler in, in some ways. It was a hard life, but then we became, the office buildings came around and people became more like cogs in a machine, we became disposable, mm. right? It's the corporate, you know, and schools were made to pump out uh, workers into these machines, right? The, 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 the Ford model of, you know, the assembly line was created. And we, and we realized that it's better to make people complacent because complacent children become better workers. So the entire school system, at least in America and and most Westernized nations was created to create workers. And now we have the office building, which one makes us cogs in a machine Two physically zaps us because we're stuck in these buildings. There's no natural light. We're not moving. You're sitting for eight hours a day. So just everything about it is not natural to the human being. Humans are made to move we're made to think, we're made to be creative. Being creative is one of the, the greatest human values, right? When people are talking about being in flow and enjoying things, it's when you get to be creative, whether physically, mentally, whether you're painting, again, when you're playing soccer, you're being creative, you're figuring it out on the field, right? It's not about, you know, like that's the whole point. That's why it feels so good because your brain and your body are flowing together. So we took that away from us with in the, in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And then 80s, 90s, 2000s comes the internet. And now the internet doubles down on that. And it gives us all of these images of what, what a good life should be and all of these things. And, you know, if think about, I think about physical fitness a lot, because I was a personal trainer for a long time. And a lot of people have pictures in their head of what a, what a fit body should look like. I hate the word should, you know? And the thing is that if you were living again in that time, say before the internet, you might have met, I don't know, 10 people in your life who looked like a bodybuilder, like that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that really were it, it, it like really liked going to the gym and really worked out hard. And you would look at them, you go, wow, that guy, that guy likes going to the gym. That's cool for him. But now with Instagram, with Facebook, with YouTube, you see these people, you would think that everyone is like that. It's like, oh my God, I'm supposed to have a six pack abs. Like I'm, if I'm wrong for not having that, I'm supposed to look like these people because I see them so much. So it's distorted our view of reality. And now, because I don't match up to what that picture is, I am no longer happy because I'm comparing myself to others. So, so basically we understand that, you know, they say comparison is the thief of joy and expectations to me are the biggest, right? Shoulds expectation. My life should look like this. Oh, I expected it to be different. My business should have been this far by now. Oh, I expected that when I started, it would have been this easy. So all, all, all of those shoulds and expectations lead to unhappiness, but the internet gives us a comparison machine that we hold in our, our hand every given, every moment of the day, basically attached to us at this point, right? My phone, my phone is on my lap right now. It's literally attached to me. And, you know, now I have, yeah, yeah. right. It's, it's literally, an extension it's, it's just, of like, right. It's just an extension. My, my, my hand feels naked if I don't have it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I have a thing with me all the time that's showing not one, it's my friends and my family. Oh, Su- Susie went on vacation with her kids. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I wish I could afford a vacation. Oh, Darius just lost 20 pounds. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so jealous of him. All this, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm also following people who I don't even know. So like I said, it's just our human brain has not evolved for this. That's why I say the last 40, 50 years, because technology has advanced in such a way that we were raised to be in a community, a tribe of 30, 40, 50 people max you know, over, over tens of thousands of years of human evolution. And now fast forward to, I have I can scroll Instagram and look at a billion people. It just, it doesn't compute to our brain. And we're in a place of, of disconnect. It's, it's, it's called evolutionary mismatch. Our brain has not yet caught up to 
the technology that's around us. And again, it makes us think that we're less than. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to have this much money because I see all these people on Instagram with this much money. Because I see, I can see millionaires, I can see billionaires on Instagram. Before Instagram, I would have never knew that a billionaire existed. If, if I didn't know about the internet, like I would have like I would have understood conceptually that there were billionaires, but I wouldn't know what their life looks like. I wouldn't I wouldn't pine over it because I see them flying on their private jets. So because of that, because I'm comparing myself to a false narrative that isn't real, it's real for them, but it's just not real. Then it's like I, now I have again I have this feeling of being less than, and and I can never live up to that because you can't beat. The internet. I can't, there's always, if I'm comparing myself to 7 billion people, there's always going to be someone hotter, richer, smarter, faster, whatever than me. And it's just, a, it's an unwinnable game. Right. And so how do, how do we win this game? But first, before you answer that, um, what's your definition of happiness? What's your definition of health? And they say, you know, happiness is, uh, you shouldn't shoot for happiness. You should shoot for joy. Are you talking about the same thing? Happiness, joy, uh, interchangeably. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for one, again, how do you define happiness? So I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a state of happiness as if you can choose to be happy all the time, right? Happiness is an emotion. But when I'm talking about happiness, I, I, you know, my, my podcast, my brand is called the happy, healthy human. And I think of happiness and health as two sides of the same coin. And that's why I talk mm -hmm. about it like that, because you can't have one without the other. To me, a full happy life, you need to be healthy physically and mentally, and you'll never be truly healthy if you're not happy, you can be the, 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 the skinniest, strongest, whatever is guy in the world. But if you're not right up here, if you're not, if you're not enjoying it, you know, I know plenty of guys, again, I worked at a gym for almost 10 years. I was plenty of guys who had amazing bodies, but they did it because they hated themselves, right? They were mm -hmm. in the gym three hours a day, every day, because they hated their body or they hated their wife and they didn't want to go home. So they, they would just stay in the gym. Like, like that's not any healthier to me either. So I yeah. say happy and healthy to me, it means to be in control. To be in control mm. of your life and control, like health is to be in control of your body. Happiness is to be in control of your life. When I say mm. in control, I just mean proactive rather than reactive. A lot of people live their life in reactivity. They're putting out fires, right? They're, they're, they're just waking up and it's just like, oh, got to answer this email. Oh, oh my God, this happened. Oh, I got to finish. I got to respond to this. I got to respond to that. And that's a bad way to live because you will never feel in control. And that feels like you're being dragged through life. Whereas mm -hmm. a life where I'm making the, the decisions, I'm being proactive, I'm choosing what I want to do. Even if I'm doing the same things, the fact that I'm doing it by choice, you know, autonomy is, the, is one of the deepest human needs. So the fact that I'm choosing to do it makes me feel much better. And so when I think about building a happy life, it's a life by design, right? That's why that's what I help my clients do is I help them design their lifestyle. Now, again, there are always going to be things that are outside of our control. No one chooses to get stuck in traffic. No one chooses to get cancer. There's a lot of bad things. So people hear me say this, like, well, you can't control everything in life. That's not the point. The point is to control what you can control. And what you can control is yourself. That's all you can ever control. I can control what okay. I say here. I can't control how you react to it. I can't control how anyone else out in the, in the podcast verse takes it. What I can control are my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions to an extent. So when you talk about, you know, um, happiness versus joy, we can talk about that as like a state, as an emotion. We can't really control our emotions, but we can influence them. And you kind of reference this on, on, you know, when you were talking earlier about saying like, you made a decision to kind of change your life, right? You prayed for, for God to even take you away from this earth and he didn't answer. So you said, all right, well, I'm going to make it. And that's how I look at happiness, right? Mm -hmm. People ask me, oh, because I'm my thing is the happiness coach. I'm, I'm all about happiness. So they go, how do you stay happy all the time? That's not the point. I, I would never claim to be happy all the time. The point is that I choose 
to live my life in such a way where I make happiness the default. Does that not, does, do I not get sad? Do I not cry? Do I not have bad days? Of course I do. That, you you know, just don't stay there. Right, exactly. And you could never, and the point is that you have to because happiness only works if you have sadness. It's yin and yang. You can't only mm-hmm. be good because if it was only good, then it wouldn't be good. It would be average, right? If it was my, if, mm-hmm. it, if that was the normal, then it wouldn't be, there'd be no point. Right. It's like, you know, like your, your, your set point only knows opposite of, you know, what it is. So you can only experience the high experience, the low, but the point is that I choose to not let things get under my skin because the way I look at life is it is, there is no, again, I said, I don't like shoulds. I don't like expectations. Those things can only upset me if I had an expectation of how it would be. Mm -hmm. If I go and launch a new coaching product, of course, I want it to do well. Of course, I'm going to promote it. Of course, I'm going to do all the things that I need to do. I'm going to build my marketing. I'm going to make an amazing product. Then I'm going to put it out there and it flops. Does that disappoint me? Of course it does. But I can't get emotional about it because getting emotional doesn't change the fact. If I can change it, then I will do my best to change it. I'll do better next time. I'll learn from it. I'll grow from it. But the point of of letting it upset me because of an expectation, since expectations aren't real, since shoulds aren't real, right? Oh, I you know, so-and-so did this diet and she lost 30 pounds in three months and I'm doing the same diet and it's been three months and I've only lost five pounds. I should have lost 30 pounds like her. Well, no, you shouldn't have because you didn't. Only thing that exists is reality. Anything should is a, is a false representation of something that you're telling, you're saying should happen, but reality doesn't care about what you think. Reality is reality. So we have to, if I can live in reality and just understand, I have to respect the reality of life and I am where I am. I can, I can choose to change it moving forward, but there's, you know, there's no point in me getting wrapped up in the emotion of it because it doesn't help me. It doesn't change anything. And again, this is a hard stance to take. This has taken me many years of, of, of training and reading many different philosophies and and just my own personal experience. So I'm not saying that you can just flip this on, but this is how, again, I'm not happy all the time, but I'm also very rarely do I get highly upset about things because I've detached my emotion from the outcome. Tell us about your journey. Can you share why is it that you picked happy, healthy uh, branding for your coaching? Yeah, for sure. So again, I started as a personal trainer and a nutrition coach, um, and I did that for a long time. And you know, the reason I started happy and healthy was because I was doing fitness and helping tr- people with their diet, with their fitness, with their nutrition, and. I was just seeing that that it wasn't really helping people. Again, people were coming to me like, oh, I just want to lose twenty pounds so that I can go to the beach and, you know, be more confident in the, on the beach. So I was like, so you don't really care about losing 20 pounds. You want to be more confident. Like, oh, I just want to be stronger because then, you know, I'll be able to, you know, play with my kids and life will be better. It's like, well, you want to play with your kids, you know, like, so we, 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 we think that we're doing something against the same thing with money. It's the same thing. With everything. We think that the thing that we're searching for is going to give us that thing. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't, right? If your thing is your back hurts and you can't play with your kids and I can help you make your back not hurt. And then you can't play with your kids that could make you more happy. But a lot of times just losing weight, just having another $10,000 in your bank account, like it's not going to make you happy. So I started to get very involved in psychology and personal development and behavior change and uh, you know things like motivation science and habit building because I wanted to help my clients at the gym. I wanted to help them. I was like, I saw a disconnect between what I was giving them. The, I was giving them the fitness side and the nutrition side, but people still weren't getting it. You know, it's like, it's like what the hell I'm giving or, them all We're this not stuff. implementing or right. Uh, right. Exactly. not you know, creating a new healthy right. habit. Right. So exactly. Someone would come to me and said that, Hey, they're paying me a bunch of money. They're saying, I want this thing. And then I'm giving them the thing I'm giving them say, Hey, just follow this exact plan and you can do it. And they won't do it. So then I say like, clearly again, there's, there's a disconnect. Why is it that we can say that we want something 
and then not do what it takes to get it, right? Why can I say I want to build a, a successful business? And I know that to build a successful business, I have to take steps A, B, and C, but at eight o'clock at night, I'm watching Netflix and I'm not doing what I have to do. How can those two things exist in my brain at the same time? So that's what I got very interested in. And I started to study psychology, study human behavior, and then I got certified as a board licensed health and wellness coach, which is just a lot of that same thing. It's more on the psychology side of how do we help people be healthier? And then COVID hit. All of this happened. I got, I got my license. I, I passed my licensure exam in February of 2020. And then COVID hit and the gym that I was working at at the time closed down. And this doubled down on everything that I was learning because it was like, you know, if you remember March, 2020, May, uh, you know, April, May, it's like everyone, what was everyone saying? It's like, well, the world shut down. No excuses now. You're at home. You have Instagram. What was every, every personal trainer was on Instagram. Let's do some Instagram workouts. Let's do some, you know, you're, there's nothing to do now. You might as well meal prep. What did we see? Did anyone lose weight? I don't, I don't know them. Did anyone, people were drinking more. They were eating more. They were ordering Uber Eats. So it's like, we took away every excuse, quote unquote, excuse mm -hmm. in the world. And yet people got less healthy. They got less happy for sure. So that just was a major light bulb moment for me of like, oh, like what we're, what we're selling as the, as the antidote, go to the gym. The gym is therapy. It's not it. So I pivoted. I, I you know, I still can, I still help people with fitness because I do get, and I think health is a part of that, that equation, but to me, it's much more about the mental side of things. Um, and again, this is just what I'm very interested in. I like to read a lot of books. I like to listen to podcasts because, you know, I understand that life is growth right? I said before, life is about, you know, happiness is about being proactive and moving and, and, and uh, being in the driver's seat. But the thing is, I think that people think they have this false dichotomy of, oh, well, I understand that like personal growth is, is hard, right? It's, it's, it's good. Like I, I understand that reading more books and, you know, going to Tony Robbins or whatever it is you do is probably a good thing. They're like, but that seems hard. What's the matter with staying where I'm at? But that's not how the universe works. You don't get to stay where you're at. You're either moving forward or you're getting worse. You're you're getting you're you're spiraling up or you're spiraling down. There is no in between. Mm -hmm. So what a lot of people think is they're like, well, I'm I'm good where I'm at, but you would be if you got to stay here. But especially as we age, again, exercise for the body, exercise for the mind. I got very passionate about this stuff of being like, no, like I want to be better every day. Personally, mm -hmm. that's just I like to read, I like to exercise, I do these things because I'm like I don't want to start to fizzle out and that's what I got passionate about teaching people. So it was just, you know, it just was a logical conclusion for me of like, what do people really need? And the last word of my, my whole thing, my brand is it's happy, healthy human. And human is because that's, you know, some people, right. You talk to executives, some people talk to entrepreneurs, some people talk to moms. I'm just talking to humans because at the end of the day, this is human stuff. And there's a reason that you can sit here as I'm talking, nodding your head and anyone watching live is nodding their head too, because people are like, oh, wow, it's like you're talking to me. It's because I'm talking to myself because this is just human stuff. Life is hard and we want to be happy. And if it was as easy as just saying like, well, just be, just smile more and you'll be happy. We would all do it already. So again, clearly there's a bigger, there's a thing here of we all want this. Every person on the face of the planet simply wants to be happy, happy and live a good life. And yet so few of us are. And that's a huge question, right? If it was easy to answer, <laughs> I would probably be mm -hmm. with Jeff Bezos right now, flying around in space or something like that. But, you know, that's the stuff that I'm passionate about doing. Um, okay. So where, how do people start? Um, for me, I knew I was unhappy. Uh, well, you, you talked about, uh, you know, the health side of things, you know, people came to you for weight 
problems. And that's that's how my journey started too. I was, okay, if I can only lose the 10 pounds, maybe my now ex would be more attracted to me and you know, then I would be happier and our marriage would feel fulfilling in that. But then it hijacked me into spiritual consciousness um, work. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of for me, health is the, the integration, the wholeness for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, that, that for me is the whole, uh, kind of like the flip side of the happy and healthy. It's, it's so, um, like this. And if one is, is imbalanced or out of control, then, you know, we feel lost out of, uh, our center, or uh, even, uh, feeling like, out of integrity with our own self, right? So how do people start knowing they're unhappy or not leading a healthy life? Um, how do you let them, how do you get them to listen to your podcast? How do you get them to, to sign up for your program? So what are the symptoms that they're experiencing that would help our listeners, our audience to do a self check in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're exactly right. So again, there's, there's a reason health is part of the equation, right? So I happy, healthy human. Those are to me are the three legs of the stool, right? Happy mm -hmm. mindset, healthy body. And then the human is like the soul, the connection, right? And mm -hmm. there are three legs to a stool. You can't take one away. There's no one that's more important than the other. And mm -hmm. people come in different you know, most of the time it's the health piece that get people because we see it, right? It's the most easy thing for us to recognize. The first mm -hmm. step that I teach people in any of my courses or my coaching is awareness, right? We can't change a problem you're not aware of. So the health right. piece is the one that we're most aware of because we see ourselves in the mirror every day. Again, we're hyper aware of physical, of, of physical looks because of social media, because of TV, because of advertisements. We also go to the doctor, right? A lot of people come, the doctor said, I got to lose 20 pounds. The doctor said I have high blood pressure. So we're more aware of that piece. So for a lot of people, that is the starting place. And that's fine. That's a great place to start that. There's a reason why so many health coaches become other things because they see, they go on the same journey I went to, which is like, I want to help people with their health, but I, there's more than that. So that's, that's a great first place to start. But again, the whole point is awareness. You have to understand that there's more out there, right? So this is when I started reading Buddhism texts and, and stoicism and all these different things. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like this, these guys or, you know, Marcus Aurelius was talking about the same stuff that I'm talking about 2000 years ago, you know, like Buddhist texts from, from, from before, you know, like from before there were books are still talking. So it's like, nothing is new here. Again, this is just human stuff. So the first step is just to be aware of what's going on. So I teach what I call the change loop. So it's awareness, education, and then action. So first I need to be aware, right? Mm -hmm. Awareness is for using health, health and fitness as an, as an analogy is I see myself in the mirror and I go, hmm, I want to change something here. So now I'm just aware. It's like, okay, there's, there's something here that I, that I want to change. It doesn't give me any anything. It's just, I know that there's something that could be different, right? I see myself, I see myself in the mirror. I see myself in a picture from, from pre COVID. And I'm like, Oh wait, I was 20 pounds less. Like I could probably get back there. The next step is education. Okay. I know that there's a problem. I have no clue what to do about it. So education is watching YouTube. It's hiring a coach. It's, it's finding whatever the thing is, it's reading a book. It's finding a way to do it. And then the last step is action. So I actually have to, all the education and awareness in the world 
won't do anything without action, right? And mm -hmm. it's a loop because once I take action, I end right back at the beginning with a new problem. And this is this is forever. I'm just constantly in a cycle of looking improvements, right? Mm -hmm. Just right improvement. And that that's the thing. It's like again, it's the same way. I just the same stool analogy. You can't have one without the other. You can't get to action if you're not problem aware. You can't get to action if you don't know what to do, right? And you can't you can't be educated if you don't even know what you're looking for, and if you're not aware of anything. So it's all of these things they they go together. Action is the hardest part. So what I do as a coach is I help people with the first two awareness and education. A lot of times people think what they need is the education piece because they go, oh, just tell me how to, how to lose 20 pounds and I'll do it. But if that were the answer, Google would have solved everyone's problems 20 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, YouTube would have solved, you know, oh, just tell me how to be, build a business and then I'll be an entrepreneur. Well, again, they, they had the courses are out there. So usually what we, we come back, we, where we start is awareness around what is actually holding you back. Where are the real roadblocks that are stopping you and causing you to self-sabotage because that's usually the root of the problem, right? Most people, I, I've almost never, again, I've, I've worked with many, many people over, over the course of my career, almost never have I had someone come into me and say, I want to change this and I've never tried it before. Almost no one has ever said, I'm going to, I want, this is my first time ever thinking about losing weight. This is my first time ever thinking about personal development. This is my first time ever thinking about building a business. Never. They go, oh, I've, I've tried Every year I, I start on January 1st and I quit. Or last time I tried this, I went, it went really well, but then it fizzled out. Or yeah, I got, I got super far, but then I quit and then it stopped. So, and then they think that it's like, oh, it's just a better, I just need a better solution. I just need a better, a, a better roadmap, which is important. Don't get me wrong. You can't get anywhere without a good map to get there. But far more often, what's truly holding us back are mental blocks. It's us. We're getting in our own way. So you know, you mentioned uh, in, in the, your intro by, that I teach a course called Quit Quitting. And that's all what it's all about. How do we quit quitting on ourselves and get out of this cycle of self-sabotage? Because people, mm -hmm. humans are creatures of habit. We live in patterns. So if the pattern is that every time you stop, you, I mean, every time you start, you stop, you sabotage yourself because for whatever reason, and again, people don't realize it's self-sabotage. This brings in the awareness piece again. They go, oh, it wasn't self-sabotage. I just couldn't because of this making excuses for yourself. It is self-sabotage because again, what do we control? We control our thoughts and our actions. That's it. So if I stop, no one else, no one was holding me down. No one is pinning me down. No one is stopping me from doing the action. Oh, well, but no, you know, COVID. Right, exactly. But this, but that, right. And again, I get that these <laughs> situations are real, right? I get, oh, but I had my kids schedule changed and I had to whatever, you know, but, oh, but my, my fiance got sick, but I, these are real things. But on the other side of that coin, we figure out problems that we want to figure out, right? Okay. Action displays priorities. So if you wanted to figure it out, I, again, I go back to the, there's, I you can go on YouTube right now and show and find a video of a guy with no arms and no legs weightlifting. You know, there's there people born, born deaf and blind painting beautiful pictures, right? So someone can figure out a way. So you, you can't tell me that these things are impossible because I see it. I see impossible things happen all the time. So the question is, how dedicated are you to making the thing happen? And that is a big question. And again, it's, 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 it's not like to say that anyone's better or worse for it. It's just to say we have to, the first step is to take away the option of quitting, of quitting on ourselves, of self-sabotage. Mm, I like that takeaway the option of quitting. Right. Because and, um, if you do that, right, if you can't quit, the only possible outcome is success, right? The people why do think, people quit? So, <laughs> well, one, because it's hard. That's number one reason. 
right? You understand that I said before, right? We're either growing or we're dying. Change is happening all the time. The human, right? Going back to, we are humans. We are organisms. We are animals on this planet. And every animal on this planet exists for one reason, to survive, to reproduce and then survive. Survive until you reproduce and then you can probably die. And that's, that's really it. That's what our, is bred into our genome. So at the root of everything that we do as humans is one key thing, safety, stay safe, right? Stay inside in the cave where, we're, where there's fire, where it's warm. Don't go out and explore where there could be a snake, where there could be tiger, right? Don't go, if you stay safe and survive and don't put yourself in a position where you could possibly die. That's what, that's again, that's a very, very broad statement. But then anything that, that translates to a challenge for us translates into a attack on our survival. Meaning if I'm watching Netflix and the thing that comes up says, hey, do you wanna keep watching? And I have a choice between watching Netflix, which is very comfortable, feels good, no pain, and then saying no, getting up and going to the gym, to my brain in that moment, which one is gonna give me a higher chance of survival? The Netflix, mm -hmm. okay, and easy choice. If I have the choice between eating an Oreo and eating a salad, the Oreo is tastes good, it's sweet. Our, we were, we were uh, our, again, evolutionary, we, we prefer salty, sweet, and fatty for a reason, because those have more calories. So again, this goes back to that evolutionary mismatch thing that I was talking about before. We evolved to, to crave sugary because sugar doesn't come in nature very much. It comes in fruit when it's in season and it comes in honey. But now we have Uber Eats will deliver me a pack of Oreos to my mouth via drone in 30 minutes, you know? So we, 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 we're, all, we're all mixed up with this stuff. So anything that feels hard inherently somewhere, we don't want to do it. So that's, that's number one. And we just don't want to do stuff that's hard. We always will. If you have a choice between yeah. an easy thing and a hard thing, you're always going to- Avoidance pattern, yeah. Right. So that, that's, that's step one. Then we, so we have to just understand, we have to come into this understanding that we have to just throw away that, but it's going to be hard. There's no, there's no possible scenario where whatever you want, again, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's relationship, where it's going to come without hardship, it's literally impossible. Now the level of hardship, I'm not saying you have to torture yourself. I'm not saying you have to hate it because you shouldn't, because again, then if you hate it too much, you're probably going to avoid it for different reasons. But the first thing is we have to come into it understanding that there's going to be difficulty here because if it were easy, it would already be done, right? You don't set goals for easy things. No one sets a goal to mm -hmm. eat more ice cream. No one sets a goal to <laughs> tie their shoe. No one sets a goal to do whatever you're already doing. So inherently, mm -hmm. the fact that you have to set a goal for it or something, something that you don't have, what you're saying is, this is something that's hard. Because if it were easy, you would have already done it. You wouldn't need to, to go out of your way to do that thing. So we have to come into it with that expectation of this is going to suck a little. And then from there, we could talk about the, I, what I teach is what I call the five human tendencies that lead to self-sabotage. And I call and there's an acronym that I created called slump. So if you're, if you feel yourself getting to, into a slump, you can see these things coming. So S L U M P S is shoulds and supposed tos, right? Should we talked about that? Or, oh, this should, this shouldn't be so hard. Well, who said so? Right. Oh, it should have, I should, my business, I've been working on this for a year. I should have, I should have been this successful by now, but you aren't. Right. So when you have an, an expectation of what this should look like, you're going to quit on yourself because because your expectation doesn't match up with reality. So what that what your brain is going to say is going to go, well, you gave it a fair try. It's not your fault. It should have been different. Right. Oh, well, now, and now, again, you don't want to quit on yourself. You're not you're never going to say, like, I just give up. What you're going to say is, 
well, I tried my best and it didn't work out for me. So now it's taking mm-hmm. that, it's taking that ownership. It's not off meant of, to be. Yeah, right. It's, it's not, not meant, meant to I be. tried. That's right. It's not my fault. But in reality, you just didn't try hard enough. You didn't try for long enough. Maybe it would have taken you five years. That's what I'm saying. If you didn't quit, eventually you would have gotten there. But because mm-hmm. we have this, so, so that's first, it should. L is lack of certainty. So, oh, sorry, lack of clarity. Lack of clarity is, do I know where I'm actually going? What's, what's my actual goal? You don't end up at a destination you didn't set out for right? No one accidentally happens upon success. You have to have a clear vision in your head. Like I can, I can go right now and tell you, walk you through what my ideal life vision is going to be from the time I wake up in the morning to the time I go to sleep at night. And I recite it. And I, because that's what I, that's where I'm taking myself. If I don't know that, how many times do I get on a call with people and I go, where do you want to be in five years? And they go, well, they don't know. Again, talking about passenger seat, driver seat. If you don't choose where you're going, you're inherently in the driver in the passenger seat of life, right? So lack of clarity. You is uncertainty. Again, this is a, the safety thing. Your brain does not want to do anything that is uncertain because mm-hmm. it's always looking at everything as a value trade. If I'm expending energy right now, what am I getting out of it? If I'm going to go to the gym, what do I get out of it? That's why people don't go to why, why people don't like exercise because I'm it's a bad trade to my brain. I'm doing all this. It's hard. It's painful. I'm sweating. It's uncomfortable. What do you get for it? Nothing in that moment. Theoretically, maybe six months from now, you get like to lose, a, lose some weight or something. It's like, we, we know that we know that, but it's a, what have you done for me lately? That Oreo right, right now, the second I bite into it, even before I bite into it, the second I see the Oreo dopamine gets released in my brain. Right? I don't even have to taste eat it. it. I, that's right, that's exactly. describing you it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you start salivating, right? Uh-huh, so it's like uh-huh. what, my brain to my to my brain in that what is always looking for survival. It's like, well, which is a better deal for me right now? Do I go for the thing that possibly maybe could get me something or do I do the thing right now? Right. And the re- reason I know this is true, because take whatever goal you have, whatever it is, you want to build a business. You want to get you want to get fit. You want to get healthy. You want to work on your relationship. If I came to you right now today with a contract and a briefcase. And the, and the contract said, this briefcase has $10 million in it. If you sign this contract right now and every day for the next year, if you have done what you need to do for the, every day for 365 days, you get this $10 million. So if you go to the gym every day for the next 365 days, you get $10 million. If you work on your business every day for the next 365 days, you get $10 million. If you go to therapy every day for the next 365 days, you get $10 million. I guarantee you're getting that money. I guarantee you'll find a way to go to the gym, to do the therapy, to do the thing. Because you have certainty that that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But we don't have a contract in real life. We don't have certainty. That's not a real thing. So we have, again, we have this, this dichotomy of, oh, my brain only wants me to do things that it's certain it's going to get an outcome out of, but that will never happen. So how do we deal with that? And that's things like education, right? Learning, equipping yourself. I, I talk about, I, I give my clients more tools in their tool belt and that also you know, coaching, mentors, masterminds, that kind of stuff. Um, M is money mindset. So S-L-U-M, money mindset. Mm-hmm. So money mindset, scarcity and abundance, right? Are you living in scarcity? Are you living in abundance? Are you valuing money more than you're valuing other more important things like time, right? A lot of people will scoff at spending money on a course or a coach, but then they'll spend two years trying to figure it out on their own when time is our most valuable resource. And then because it's taking them too much time, they're going to give up, right? Like if if, if a lot of people, if it took them five years to get a result, 
they won't get it. But if it took them five months, they would, they would, they would have gotten it because they'll give up after they won't give up after five months, but they'll give up after before five years comes. So because we have a weird mindset around money and how we were raised with money and how we value money, it, it sets us up for failure. And then P and slump is perfectionism. Inherently, this could be number one. It could be the biggest one because inherently most people are perfectionists and they think that if they don't get it right, that it's not worth doing at all. But we have to understand that perfection isn't real and nothing could ever be perfect. So if you have perfectionist tendencies, you're inherently going to, again, sabotage yourself. You're going to quit because you're going to say, oh, well, it's not perfect. And then, but perfect isn't an attainable goal. So all of these things combine to, again, give us excuses, reasons. I use excuses and reasons. People say excuse like it's a negative thing. An excuse is just a reason. Your excuses are real, right? It's hard. Yep, it's true. You don't, you don't have time. Yep, that's true. It's frustrating. It's annoying. It's not fair. All of these things are real. They're not just excuses. They're actual real reasons. But the question is, how bad do you want it? And will you do something with all of that being said? Okay. So these are uh, patterns, mechanisms that lead us to self-sabotage, right? Should lack of clarity, uncertainty, money mindset, perfectionism. Great list. Now, how do we flip that around? And can you tie it to the your statement that happiness and health is our birthright? Like what, how, how would the awareness or the knowingness that it's our yeah. birthright, how would that change the dynamic, the, 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 the formula, right. our way yeah. of being? Yeah, I love that. I love that question. So first is like, what do we do about that, right? And that's the first thing, like I said, just awareness. It's just knowing that these things are going to happen. Like, like you said, when, I, when, I, when I'm talking, you, you'll hear anytime I say should, I put in, in air quotes or I correct myself because I catch myself now. I say, if I say a should, I'm like, well, I can't because should isn't real. So but that has come through training my brain for years that I don't ever lean on that word. Oh, it should have been this easy or something like that. Well, I say, oh, should, no, no, well, like that can't be, I can't, it, it just ha- it triggers something in my brain subconsciously. So uh, the awareness is the first thing. And then we, again, the education piece is equipping with tools. So things like lack of clarity, we can, we can figure that what we'll get, let's get you clear. Right. Let's get you. Let's instead of instead of just assuming that like things are going to work out. What are you working towards? Let's figure it out. Let's 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 build a roadmap so that you can take it. Let's build you some certainty. How do we get you certain that you can you can do this stuff? So we can build these things in. And then again, the point of the the awareness is that you can see it coming, mm-hmm. and get and and get out of the own way. The way the way progress people think progress is linear. But most of the time it's not, right? It's, it's this, it's this, it's this. And that's the point is that most of the time people think it's going to be like this. And then at the first roadblock, at the first speed bump or roadblock, they go again, perfectionism. They go, wait, this wasn't supposed to happen. So they quit. And then they start again, roadblock, quit. And they get stuck in this cycle where if we can just get you over that speed bump, over that roadblock, you're able to continue on and eventually find success. So that's the point is that the reason I, the whole thing is quit quitting and how to stop self-sabotage is because again, when you take away those excuses, the only thing left for you to do is find success. And when I say success, there's a reason it's so broad is because this is whatever you want it to be. So I have clients who take this, who take this model and get fit with it, right? They, they lose a bunch of weight. I have clients who build a business with it. I have clients who work on their relationship because all of the principles are the same. So that's why how this connects to health and happiness being your birthright. It's because these are the things that stop you from being happy right? Just the shoulds, just the first one S. If you can do that, if you can understand that your shoulds and expectations and supposed tos are not real and mm-hmm. you can 
detach yourself emotionally from whatever outcome that you think you're supposed to have, you should have, that you expected to have, and realize that you can try your best, you can do all the right things, and th the universe can still say, fuck you. You know, you can, you can, you can do all the work and your, the market cannot reply, cannot respond. You can, you can be the perfect match and the girl or the guy can still say, no, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. You can detach yourself from that, that in and of itself, you'll be, I mean, you're, you're like a Buddhist monk at that point. You're, 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 you're so much farther ahead than most people in and, in and of itself. So my point is that what, again, happiness, health, what we're really looking for, the reason people want to be successful in any regard is because it's going to give them those things. Right? I want to be successful in business. Continue that sentence so that, oh, I can be happier and healthier. I want to be successful in my fitness endeavor because when I get there, I will feel better. I will be happier. I will be more self-confident. So the success is an inevitable piece, inevitable piece of that because you cannot be a confident person. Your brain, again, is always just, just everything is about your subconscious. Your subconscious is always checking. And if you're failing a lot, teaches yourself your subconscious that you're a failure and this is what we call in, in psychology now we i didn't make this up but in psychology is called learned helplessness right mm -hmm. so learned helplessness is if you take a dog they did these experiments in like the 50s when you could shock animals it's kind of pretty cruel but but whatever they took a dog and basically sh put them on a mat that had a little shock in it so they would shock the dog and there was another mat where there was no shock so they would shock the dog and it would jump over to the other mat to safety and when they did that, they would shock the, the dog and it would jump over and it would learn that when the mat was shocked, jump over to the other one. Then they put another dog and they shocked the mat. But when he jumped over to the other mat, the mat was shocked as well. So when he jumped, there was no safety. He would just jump from thing to thing. What those dogs learned is they stopped jumping. They stopped caring. They stopped trying to escape the pain because they thought that it was inevitable. So they just laid down on the first mat. They didn't even try to jump to safety because they mm -hmm. realized that it was inevitable and they just gave up. And that's how our brain works. It is not going to keep giving you a reason to try if you think that you're a failure. So I have to help craft you into a successful person in your mind's eye, mm -hmm. right? We have to give you, I, I, you know, one of my podcasts is about celebrating small wins. You, you drank a glass of water today give yourself a high five. You did, you said you were going to journal and you did it. Amazing. Celebrate that because that's how you train your subconscious brain to understand. I am a winner. I do mm -hmm. successful things. And when I set a goal, I achieve it. That's yeah. the number one thing. If you, you're, you, you have to be, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. That's, that's a I'm, hard habit for uh, a lot of my clients. Cause that's what the very first thing I ask them, what can we celebrate today? Uh, 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 it's like the hardest thing to do is to celebrate yourself. Um, but yeah, we can rewire, retrain ourselves to come from a celebration. Yeah. And does that celebration actually initiate the happy, happiness, right. which then initiates the health? So this is awesome. So what else uh, can you add to that? Sorry, I- uh, No, no worries. It's funny. It's funny because I do the exact same thing. Every client I get on the phone with, the first thing I ask is, give me a win, right? Give me a win for the week. Let's celebrate. Before we start talking, because there's always stuff to, right? But without a doubt, until- unless yeah, someone there's always working, challenges to solve. Right, exactly. So, but without, without a doubt, unless it's someone I've been working on, working with for a while, without a doubt, I'll go, uh -huh. I'll go, I'll go give me a win. And they'll go, uh -huh. they'll go, well, you know, I, I, uh, I did my journaling every day this week, but there was one day where I kind of messed up and I, I didn't do it and blah, blah, blah. And there's no I'm like, yeah. you realize that They're I said- They're more focused on the failure. Right, exactly. I never said, I said, <laughs> we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the struggles for sure. You know that. 
but always just subconsciously their brain, where does there, it's so hard for people to just focus on yeah. one good thing, just one good thing. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just training your brain. You have to understand your brain is like a muscle, right? So just like mm-hmm. you go to the gym and you lift a weight and the first time you lift it, it's impossible. And then through constant repetition and weeks and months and years, sometimes that weight that once was impossible is now light. And then you don't yeah. even look at it anymore. And that's the same thing we're doing for your brain, training it for wins, training, training away the shoulds, training to not be, not be so uh, stuck on certainty, training it that perfectionism is, is not real, training it you know, to, to seek more clarity, all of these things, it's just training. So it's not like, oh, yeah. you'll hear a conversation like this. Again, this is what I'm doing right now, this talk, you're aware, right? That's step one in the loop. Now you have to, you have to track this. You have to train. You have to, again, you have to educate yourself and you have to take action. There is no easy magic pill for this stuff. But the point is that as hard as it is, all it takes is time. All I'm saying is just practice. It's all, it's all up here. This is not yeah, going to the gym, the, right? The it's, action. It's yeah. Podcasts, the other question it's, it's books, it's things like that, you know? Yeah. The other question that I asked them, okay, what's the biggest breakthrough that we can create today? You know, what's your intention right. for the session today? They usually come empty-handed they don't know you, you know that so i agree with your uh, list the lack of clarity it's it's like they have no idea that they have a choice right that they have the power of choice to create the results that they want the outcome that they want yeah for sure and that's exactly that the power of choice that's what's so powerful because people ask me again you're the how are you so happy it's like i choose to be i choose yeah. that i i know the reality of the universe is nothing is good or bad. It's what I decide it to be. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't I just choose to be happy? Oh, I get stuck in traffic. Okay. More time for me to listen to my audiobook. Oh, I got, I got cut off or, you know, like some guy, he must've been in a rush. Like, oh, like the, you know, the thing, the line I was waiting on in the, in the grocery store was so much longer. I mean, was, got, was so slow. And that lady like was going so much slower and everyone else got by faster. It's like, I don't know. She was probably having a hard day. It's like, why would I make anything harder than it has to be when life is already hard? Life is going to throw curveballs at me all day. So it's like, I might as well just like accept what, accept everything. And, you know, I'm like, a girl literally asked me, she's like, how do you stay so positive? And I was just like, because there's no other way to be for me. Why, like, why would I want to be negative? Like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't right, make Right, right, right. It's, you know, it's, it's like, the breaking free from that learned help, helplessness right. that you talked about this victim, like I'm a victim of my circumstances. Right. That is what creates the excuses. Well, this is this. So I have to deal right. with this. this. This is all I, I can be at this point. It's it's so limited. And what we're trying to do here is break free from that limitation, right? And and really, I'm going to mention it again. The, the topic of today is health. No, happiness and health is really your birthright. So, right. so what would it take for you to flip that, shift that mentality that you are not a victim of your circumstances, that you can actually create health and happiness for yourself if you choose it. Right. So it's exactly that, right? What you asked me in the beginning, what is happening? This is control. Exactly what you just said, right? Am I a victim or am I in control of my life? So that's the right. So one thing is I have to understand that everything is your fault. Whatever happens to you in your life is your fault. And people, they hate that because again, that's the opposite of a victim mentality. So they hate saying that. Well, again, I didn't choose to to get stuck in traffic. I didn't choose to have cancer. I didn't choose for my my son to die. Like fucked up things happen to people. And I get that. And and when I say it's your fault, what I mean is even it's sometimes it's your, most of the time it's your fault. Again, anything that that is within my thing is I, I accept as my fault. Even if it's not my fault, it's my responsibility because you don't solve problems that you didn't help create. 
if you have, again, your brain is always looking for reasons to save energy. So that means if I can push off the, the, the responsibility to anyone or anything, oh, it's because I don't have enough time. Oh, it's because of the, the weather. Oh, it's because of the, of the political climate. As, as, as soon as I give myself that option, my brain goes, oh, not my fault. Can't, you know, don't, I don't have to deal with this now. Only when I internalize ownership of everything, regardless if it is my fault or not, will I actively actually search for a solution to that problem. So again, I can put out my, my, my product into the marketplace and I can say, well, the market just didn't respond. I didn't do this, that, the other thing. Or I can say, what can I control about this situation and what can I do better for the future? So, you know, the, the, when I say that this is uh, everyone's birthright, it's because what that does is it puts it in your lap. It puts it in your control. This now, again, you have to consciously decide to do it. You have to take action. There's it's, it becomes harder. And it's like, we're, you know, in the beginning, before this is why I start with awareness. Before you're aware, it's like you're walking around, not even aware that this is a thing. Now, once you become aware, now the game starts, and the game is hard. Before, so for some people, it's you know again the analogy, it's, it's the matrix, right? You can it or uh, or willful ignorance. Sometimes it is, you know, for more people, it's more comfortable to live in willful ignorance because once you say that it's all your fault and it's your and it's your problem to solve. That's heavy for people. And I get why a lot of people don't want to do that. And they'd rather just be like, I'm just going to let life happen. But what I think that they're missing is they don't realize that, yes, it takes work in the beginning, just like, again, to get healthy. That's why I love fitness as an analogy. It's the same thing. When you first go to the gym and you've never worked out before, it's crushing. It crushes your soul. You hurt. The next day, you're in pain. You can't walk. If you go to the gym at five days a week for six months, I mean, you still get a little bit sore. It's still challenging, but it's not anywhere near the same. But so many people, again, I worked at the gym for 10 years. So many people, they lose because they come the first day and they're like, whoa, I can never live like this. This is so hard. My legs, I can't move. I can't, I can't go to the bathroom. I, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to go again. They don't realize that it gets easier over time. So that's what this is. You're just becoming aware of the fact that there's a better life out there for you that you can take. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. But 100% of the time, it's worth it. And not only is it worth it, again, it is your birthright to live a happy, healthy life. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, to um, piggyback with your analogy there, uh, our birthright has not been exercised. It, it hasn't been fully developed. And I really think, well, not think, that that's the purpose of this show is to impart that knowledge to people that it is actually your responsibility to take that choice, take your power back, take your mind back, you know, take your soul back, take your voice back and really give yourself permission to live a happy, healthy life. Any other uh, words you want to share and then how can people connect with you? Um, no, honestly, this is a great talk. You see, again, this stuff gets me fired up. I'm so passionate about this. Like you can hear when I talk, I'm just like, this is the stuff that everyone needs to know. And again, that's how, that's how strongly I feel about it. Again, this is human. Every person on this planet ne needs to be doing this stuff because again, you, you, people think like, oh, like, yeah, again, that's cool. Like it would be cool to be enlightened, but like who has time for that? But it's the, you, what, it's the same thing as someone who looks at a person who is very in shape and thinks of it only as an aesthetic gain. Right. You look at someone who and if you're looking at it like, oh, well, that's cool to have abs, but I don't really cool, care about having abs. And that's a fair thing to think until you understand that being a fit person makes you live longer. It makes you healthier. It makes you be able to get play with your kids and your grandkids. And it changes your quality of life. And that's how you need to look at this stuff, too. Yes. Like, OK, it's cool to be some, you know, a coach. Like we don't all live in that world. Tess, you know, like I get that. But in reality, your life becomes better. Your quality of life becomes better. Think about all the times you get clearer. Angry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
all, all the times you come angry because you're stuck in traffic or some stupid thing. Like if you could just be happy, like how much better uh, that, would your that's life That's an be? energy lick, right? The, right. the, the un unnecessary anger, right. negative emotion. It's just right. an energy lick. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. It's just, that's, you know, it's, it's worth it. It's worth the, the effort that it takes. Definitely, because you guys are worth it, um, worth considering this and worth putting it into action and, and really embody that it is our birthright to have a happy, healthy, to be happy, healthy humans. Um, so where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my, my name is Paul Levitin. You can connect with me on any social media platform. It's just my name at Paul Levitin pretty much everywhere. I'm most active on Instagram. So, you know, shoot me a DM, follow me, TikTok, maybe your Facebook as well. Um, I have a free Facebook group where I do live trainings once a week that I'm happy to send anyone the link to. And I also have a podcast called the Happy Healthy Human Podcast. And I release shows weekly with talks like this with amazing people. And if you're into what we just talked about for the last hour, you'll definitely be into the show. So that's where you can find me the most. Yes, I checked out your podcast and you really break it down to the, really break it down every week. You know, how do you create a happy, healthy uh, human life? So it's really amazing. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Paul. Um, I know you're busy, but you said yes. Thank you for that. It's amazing. This is really first step, really, to take back control of our life and have that, and not just happy, you know, happy, healthy, deeply fulfilling, deeply connecting, mm -hmm. uh, human to human, soul to soul, uh, and not just be pushed into to the corner by so many, you know, you, you talked about autonomy earlier, like, that's our birthright too, <laughs> to have autonomy over our, our body, over what choices we have. It's not someone's right to choose for us. It is our right. That is our own birthright to choose for our own highest potential. I just 100% agree. And I just want to say thank you for having me. I love this conversation. And I think it's so important for people to be hearing conversations like this. So I, I really appreciate it. And anyone listening, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Paul. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind. Take back your voice. Take back your soul. Take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.